Poets, philosophers, and seers have always concerned themselves with the idea of a true self, and the betrayal of the self has been a typical example of the unacceptable. From its beginnings over 500 years ago, the ideal of authenticity has been embedded in the value system of modern Western civilization. Shakespeare's words, to thine own self be true, reflect as well as any others what authenticity has meant to the Western mind. Each of us, according to this ideal, has our own path to tread, but despite its significance in the West, very few people live up to the ideal of authenticity. To shy away from the task and to seek comfort in conformity is far more common. In this video, we'll explore what it means to live authentically and the benefits of doing so. If the ideal of authenticity is to have any merit, a true or real self must exist, at least as a potentiality within each of us. While such a conception of the self may seem vague and indefinable, numerous thinkers have attempted to elaborate coherent positions regarding its existence. The psychiatrist Donald Winnicott conceptualized the true self as the source of one's spontaneous and creative energies, the sort of which are abundant in children at play but often repressed in adulthood. William James likewise envisioned the true self as the palpitating inward life, while the psychotherapist Karen Horney described it as the alive, unique, personal center of ourselves, the only part that can and wants to grow. The task of living authentically has two elements. First, we must become aware of the existence of our true self, a task which requires self-reflection and introspection. And secondly, we must express this true self in our day-to-day -day lives. Taking these actions may be necessary to live a fulfilling life, for as the Gospel of Thomas says, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. In the lives of most, however, the true self is denied and given little opportunity for expression. Rather, in response to feelings of insecurity and vulnerability, or a general apprehensiveness about life, many people develop what is called character armor, or a false self. Character armor is formed due to the fear that our true self, being an expression of our uniqueness, will be rejected and perhaps ridiculed by others. While protecting us from such threats, the formation of character armor is done at the cost of cutting us off from the feeling of being alive. Only the true self can be creative, and the true self can feel real, wrote Donald Winnicott. The existence of a false self results in a feeling unreal or a sense of futility. The more one allows their true self to be masked by a false self, the more it becomes deadened and ineffectual, and the more one begins to fall victim to what Soren Kierkegaard called the biggest danger, that of losing oneself. Kierkegaard discussed the various ways in which one can succumb to the spiritual sickness of losing oneself in his book The Sickness Unto Death. One of the primary ways is to suppress one's real self by succumbing to an extreme identification with society. Instead of facing up to the challenge of living authentically, that is, individually and creatively, most people find it much safer and easier to lose themselves in the crowd. What we call worldliness, Kierkegaard wrote, simply consists of such people who, if one may so express it, pawn themselves to the world. They use their abilities, amass wealth, carry out worldly enterprises, make prudent calculations, etc., and perhaps are mentioned in history, but they are not themselves. In a spiritual sense, they have no self. The German philosopher Martin Heidegger likewise took note of the tendency of human beings to flee from what he called the authentic ability to be self, 
into the comforts of conformity. Heidegger observed that our normal, everyday mode of existing is a form of inauthenticity he called falling. One of the main ways we fall is by existing as das Mann, which is German for the one or the they, as in, one simply doesn't do things like that. Das Mann represents the anonymous or average member of the social group, and thus the modes of thought, belief, and behavior which are considered normal and expected. When we exist as Das Mann, we allow our experience and behavior to be shaped and determined by what one says, one thinks, or one does. We do not say what we see, wrote Heidegger, but rather the reverse. We see what one says about the matter. To extricate ourselves from our tendency to think, behave, and live as one does, Heidegger advised we transform the attitude we hold towards death. Generally, we do not face up to our own death, but instead we evade it in a myriad of ways. We tell ourselves that death is not relevant to the living, and that to think about it is morbid and a waste of time. Or we relate to death impersonally. We recognize that others die and that one day we will too, but we tell ourselves, for the time being, not yet. In other words, we fail to recognize both the importance of death in our life as well as the ever-present possibility of it. To remedy this, Heidegger recommends cultivating what he calls resoluteness toward death. He advises running ahead toward it and relating to it with anticipation, that is to say, of living with an awareness of the importance of death and of the fact that our end could come at any moment. Adopting this stance is what Heidegger calls being towards death. Such a way of being is difficult. The more aware we are of the omnipresence of death, the more anxiety we invite into our life. Being towards death, Heidegger explains, is essentially anxiety. Yet for Heidegger, this anxiety is also the key to freedom and authenticity. In existing as Das Mann, we take the values of our society for granted and immerse ourselves in social roles and societal games. To use Heidegger's terminology, we tend to do what one does without question. When overcome with a mood of anxiety, on the other hand, the ways of the world no longer seem normal and familiar, but strange, unintelligible, and meaningless. Our thoughts about what one does, and thus what is expected of us, appear absurd and tend to vanish. And we are left free to reflect upon what matters most to our existence, to choose our own original path, in short, to live authentically. Or as Heidegger wrote in Being and Time, the anxiety stimulated by being towards death individualizes me down to myself. Yet Heidegger did not think we could escape the grips of Das Mann once and for all. An authentic existence is not something that can be accomplished and forgotten about. Rather, our deep-rooted tendency to conform requires we confront this challenge anew each day. And while most will shrink from this task, the few who welcome it will be greatly rewarded. For as the poet E.E. E. Cummings wrote, to be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you everybody else means to fight the hardest battle which any human being can fight and never stop fighting. Let's rock and roll. All right, Billy, welcome to the next episode of Two Stone Dudes Podcast. This is the co-host Ryan Castle. With, oh, Rob Denaz here. And, Mondo Homunculero. Yeah! We are absent of killer Kevin K today, but uh, we're going to address the, the big issue right off the bat. We're going to talk about uh, what happened 
at the uh, at the Capitol with the rioting and the breaking into the Capitol office and. That was just fucking ridiculous. You know man. what? From the riots, I'm surprised I saw no one carrying a television. Well, nobody <laughs> broke into a fucking. <clears throat> nobody broke into like a store. It's computer monitors. They didn't take that. <coughs> they rifled desks. They look like a bunch of old paperwork. white people. Yeah, they weren't all old. They looked like look no, like they were in some 50s. of the some of the young ones that got maced in the face. You know, talk, talking. Oh about no, you're talking revolution. about the riot. You're talking about the rioters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's mostly young people. There was a, you know what surprised me? There was a lot of guys with fucking long hair and beards. Yeah. A lot and of hillbillies. They, but they had their Trump hats on. Yeah. And they had their Trump flags. And, they, you know, and a lot of those kind of guys. They took their jobs. Those kind of people. What was weird, no bikers for Trump. I didn't see bikers for Trump there. And they're, they're, he has a pretty big biker following. Huh. I wonder how many vehicles got robbed, all those people over there. I, right? It's know? in D.C. Yeah. What yeah, the fuck? Well, they also some smart teenagers like, listen, thinking, why they over there yeah. fucking all their old day? I'm, I'm thinking nothing else happened except at the Capitol. Seriously. 80% of them? <coughs> I'm choking on a blood man. <laughs> mini coolers on their truck with beer in it. Guaranteed. <laughs> You reckon? There was a lot of country music being played. A lot of country music being played. Um, <laughs> yay, 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 yay. A lot of country music being played, man. I'll but tell you I, what. You know, I didn't, I didn't see... Uh, <coughs> a lot of y'all. There was, there, there was a lot of Proud Boys there, too. A lot of Proud Boys were there. Yeah. I expected a beatdown. Clubs, <laughs> gas, dude. Yeah, that's the Capitol building. Everyone rubber, getting fucking tased. <laughs> if I'm the police chief, bullets. I'm like, yeah, yeah dude. Too. If I'm in charge of that, I'm like, beat the shit out of these people. You see how quickly they went to to stop people from throwing fireworks at the courthouse, but <laughs> yeah. uh, they're quickly, <laughs> like, well, you quickly know what I, They're lucky I wasn't the the leader of the guard. We don't fire. We just. Just throw down. Well, damn, Mike. Shot him down. Well, Mondo. I, I hate those Lord. I hate those guys, man. I, I, I agree with him partially because you still got to treat it as the same and look where, where they were doing it. Everyone deserted an ass whip in there. Yeah. I mean, okay. So it's it's okay to mace, uh, mace and beat up people that are, you know, peacefully protesting down the street for Black Lives Matter. Oh, it's, it's fine to do shit to them. But, uh, yeah. But, all of a sudden, it's fucking staunch right-wing Republicans breaking into a fucking office, and they're all white people, and nothing right. happens to them. Right. Well, one person gets shot, or two people, I guess, and a couple of cops got get shot. But it, it could have been so much worse, and I think it should have been so much worse because what kind of message does that send to our enemies? I saw if, no helicopters. What does that send to? What's what does that send to terrorists? Seriously, that oh, it if, was if, terrorism. It if, was domestic if, terrorism. Right. Exactly what it was. What does it send the foreign terrorists? That if our own people can do this, that sure you can walk them to the White House with a fucking bomb I mean, strapped to your chest. And Biden, Biden called them out as he called them terrorists. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he you did. did you hear Biden's comments today? Yeah, on CNN. Oh yeah, yeah. I watched it too, man. Anyone, was, everyone, anyone doesn't matter what race you are. It's just fear put into the world. You're a terrorist. Regardless. Biden just seems over everything. What's that? He just seems over everything. What do you mean? He's so, just like over it. He's waiting to sit in that chair. He just and wants to get to work. Time. Yeah. Because yeah. Biden is not like a big, you know, he's not, you know, how Obama was great orator. You know, he's, 
that's what I liked about him. I liked his speech making. I thought he was oh, he was, yeah, he was. Ah. I didn't. I don't like he, his words. You know, some of the things he did, the economic stuff. He saved the country, but actually, it was Biden that did the work. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder. Hmm. So I think, I think the, uh, I think charges should be brought up against Trump for the kids, uh, for the kids who are all orphaned. Oh, the six hundred kids that are all orphaned Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. You know, and they're, they're the right, the right side wants to argue that was from Obama's plan. No, no. it wasn't. That was an executive order from Donald J. Trump that was, yeah. to uh, separate parents from their children. And I can't believe this guy did it, and I can't believe that people know about it and so still, still support him. So cruel. It's fucking ridiculous, dude. So cruel. You think he's I mean, going to do any jail time once he's out the office? No. He's rich. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's not going to do shit. Yeah. He'll it depends. Him. He'll play it out. If he he's doesn't fucking get rich. Pardoned, There's nothing going to happen to him. If he doesn't He'll get just pardoned. get fined and then find a way to fucking be sued. fuck that up, too. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits against him. He already has got tons of them already. Oh, yeah, he's going to He's going to open up the, the Trump news media. That's well, what's gonna happen. Trump maybe. Trump media channel. Maybe. Or Trump News Channel. That's I'm good, man. I mean he's got like three hundred. That's that's what's gonna happen. The he Trump has like News like Channel. What well, he's gonna call it uh, uh his, this uh, is Trump not Fox. <laughs> right? <laughs> Dude, he's got enough money to do whatever the fuck he wants. Listen to my news. I, I mean, you know what though? He's been kicked in the nuts big time. And he looks like it. Yeah. Yeah, he's been kicked in the nuts. He he is really upset. He's really fucked up. You know, I got to give him kudos for telling people to go home and calm down. And But it was still too little too late. For the the staff part. made him do it. Yeah, they told yeah. him. They said, if yeah. you don't do this, Mark you're going to be. Meadows, uh... his chief of staff, and Pence said, look, motherfucker, get out there. His his, uh, his Who's his attorney? Pat Cipollin, right? Pat Cipollin told him. You have to do this. But those are my people. Man, they told him. They told him basically, you, you got to do this. Or you're going to get fucking yeah. kicked out of office. That's right. there for me. Well, he, he's going to anyway. Right. 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 I mean, if he has, if he had any, you think he's going to be impeached? What's that? You think he's going to be impeached? Unless he resigns. I think he's that's not going to resign. He's no. not going to fucking resign. Well, no way. Now. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's an indignant, ignorant bastard. He's not gonna look at me. I'm, look, I'm a hateful not, person. He's not gonna give. He's not gonna give into it. Uh, Pence will not take charge for the what three days or a week that he's gonna have by the time they decide to even go through it. Well, he can't. Right. I mean, see, here's it, the thing. It's gonna be a waste of time. It, he cannot pardon himself. The the DOJ has already established that. So Pence is the only one that can pardon him. Okay. And the only way he can pardon him is he has to resign. Okay. Well, I mean, this is... Um... And, you know, if he got impeached, he couldn't He couldn't resign, and he also couldn't run for office again. Pence right, 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 right. He's on my side. <laughs> oh, jeez. Pence is a good guy. Good, I know him well. <laughs> you almost got it down. He's man. like, you're fired. <laughs> Seriously. Everyone he said a good thing and positive notions of, they all been fucking fired. Like he screws. Fired. He screws them all. He screws. Them. Like uh, he loved Jeff Sessions. Look what he did to Jeff Sessions. Dude, even Mitch McConnell of all people was like, "Dude, I'm embarrassed." Well, Mitch McConnell was bailed out on him quite a while ago, actually. Really? Yes, he did. And his book was full of lies. <laughs> See, Mitch McConnell is like Trump, only interested in one thing. What's that? Save his own ass. Save his maintain own his own power and now he's lost it, most of his power it's wonderful because we have the two 
Oh, I, I hate him. I hate the turtle. T-U-R-D. Just let Turd the rioters fuck up the Capitol. Let, let Biden fix it. You know? When they said he was like, somebody said that he was happy that what was going on. He was. That's like fucked up, man. His like, staff. First off, did they got any proof that though? Yeah. You know, honestly, I mean, do you want to believe the staffers or do you I want mean, to believe Trump? I he's believe a big this. fucking baby. If he can't break and kick something, he'll let someone else do it for him. Boom. All right. I'm not trying to stick up for the guy. Some things like seem a little far fetched that are being portrayed in the media. That he's probably plenty of times reading his speeches and his trails and his yeah, roadside bullshit of, of see they. They, they were too easy on him for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. Way yeah. too easy on him. That's because he got money. Like, the biggest thing, the worst thing he did was make a, make an enemy out of the media. He did. Was worst he could have been a media darling if he wanted to. Oh, yeah. They would have fucking gave they him so much. His, yeah, they, they would, would have sucked, sucked his, his ass. Dick. Yeah, yes. they would have sucked they, his dick. Yeah, they would have, yeah. He, he, and he, that's where all he, the crazy shit he does, they would have ate that the fuck up and it would have been in a positive manner. Why is Trump gone? One reason self sabotage. Yeah, absolutely. He fucked Period. himself. Period. My opinion, my observation this guy cut his own political throat. Right. Period. I believe he does this with most of his businesses. He does it with and most moves things. On to the next thing. So, what's next? The, like you said, Trump TV. Trump TV, man. That's, TV, what he's, that's yeah. what's going to happen. Because Fox is Trump true. all day, Trump all the time. Possibly. Damn. I mean, I can't believe he got banned from Twitter. That's gonna, fucking. He's gonna fun. take over the time slot of the Kardashians once they bounce. Oh Jesus yeah. Christ! He's gonna like that time slot. Yeah, I guess. I get to go play golf. He's gonna have to show his ass here and there. Right. He might not. Uh, he might not be able to live. He's gonna pop life. up on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> he and might not. He'll be on Celebrity Jeopardy. There's an ordinance that he had to sign onto. In order to open Mar-a-Lago as a, what do they call it? It's a it's a meeting place, right? It's not a resort where you can okay. stay permanently or mm -hmm. residence. Right. So he can't stay there for over a week at a time. Right. Can't stay in Florida. Well, he uh, he's a resident of Florida. You know, they don't want him there. They don't want him more in West Palm Beach. Hell no. He's he's definitely interesting. He's definitely he's an interesting character, and he's been a character this entire time. They had a thing I watched on Netflix um, where uh, it was uh, fuck twenty twenty pretty much or something like that. It was uh, or the or the death of twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. Great Netflix special. Okay? I think I saw it. Yeah. It, this English lady. Is talking about she's like I turned on a new station called America. Yeah, <laughs> oh, she was English, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's like I turned on this new station called America, and people are losing their fucking minds. So <laughs> this orange-faced, really bad hair-dyed guy as the president. You know, yeah, Samuel, and she just makes fun of him all the whole time. Samuel Jackson was there. He didn't, yeah, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Was he didn't curse as much. No, he didn't. No, no. he needed, he needed a few more motherfuckers. Well, he wasn't saying he wasn't playing Samuel Jackson no. or a character that plays was somebody else. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was That's really true. a satire, and it was excellent. excellent. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely it was, a good show. Because even Santa caught that shit, and that's why he he didn't get one. Yeah. So, all right, that's our intro for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you in the next one. All right, so like start up. I'm gonna give the AEW oh, report. Still going, still going. <laughs>
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next segment of the podcast. This is your co-host, Brian Castle, and I'm going to give the AEW report. Uh, Mondo actually just got his first uh, chance to watch AEW, and he just watched the first match, which was SCU and the Young Bucks, against TH2 and the Acclaimed. Mondo, how'd you like that match? Oh, it was a great match. Yeah? What would you, you like most about it? The action was great. Everything a lot of high-flying going on. A lot of high-flying, real high-flying. Right. Right. You know, you got guys like the Young Bucks and you got TH2. Um, first off, I've been on cards with the Young Bucks. I've been on cards with Frankie Kazarian from SCU. I've been on cards with one of the guys from TH2. Um, and these are all phenomenal athletes. And, like, just to be like, to say that I've been on cards with these guys is like awesome to me that I can say that. Um, in fact, I met the Young Bucks. The first time I met the Young Bucks, I, uh, I was going to lunch at an NWA show in Hollywood. And um, and I almost got into a fight with this guy. I've said I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I almost got into a fight with this guy, Joey Ryan. And the Young Bucks are there, and they kind of put a stop to it. They kind of like, you know, like oh, stop. Want no get hurt. Right, right. Just keep it, just keep it mellow, guys. So, um, anyway, so that was a great match. Um, the finish was the best moonsault ever combo. By the, uh, I'm sorry, the best uh, best melter ever, and a combo best moonsault ever uh, with Nick Jackson and um, uh, the other guy from SU, uh, Christopher Daniels. Next up, John Moxley came out, did a great promo, um, really hit the hammer, really hit the nail on the head. Um, talked about how he was he was going to be in he was going to be uh, in the rearview mirror of uh, Kenny Omega at all times from now on, and that he was going to get him back eventually. Then we had a great match that Mondo got to watch between Jake Hager and Wardlow. These just two big bulls going at it. To me, though, from Mondo, how did you like that match? I liked it a lot, but they were a little sluggish, I thought. Okay. Thank you for saying that because I was just going to say they were sloppy. They were really sloppy. Yeah. And I don't know why. Um, first off, it's his first, it's the first time those two guys are working. Right. Um, Hager has been on the championship. He's been the WWE champion before. And Wardlow is as green as they get. Yeah. So you got two guys from two opposite sides of the spectrum on as far as, uh, as far as activities concerns and wrestling. And, uh, it just didn't mesh well. No. You know, no, it wasn't. I wasn't entertained by that match at all. No. Even the F10 at the it was end. Boring. So, yeah, it was. It absolutely was. It was boring. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the old WWF matches when it'd be like Dino Bravo against Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Like right. nobody wanted to see those two big apes right. go at it because no. it was fucking boring as shit. Boring as shit. Okay. So yeah, that's that's what I thought about it. I would call that a killing the time match then. Yeah, it had to be. Then there was um there was this wasteful segment of a weigh-in. Between Darby Allen and Brian Cage, and let me tell you why it's such a, a, a weigh-in. This weigh-in was such a crock of shit because Darby Allen weighs a hundred pounds less than Brian Cage, literally a hundred pounds less. Brian Cage weighs two hundred and seventy-five pounds. Is that with hair? Yeah, Darby <laughs> Allen, almost three hundred <clears throat> pounds. We're talking. He's a bodybuilder. He's fucking huge, right? Against little skinny Darby <laughs> Allen, who's the TNT champion, who I don't believe should be the TNT champion, but he's the TNT champion, and uh, <coughs> and he fucking he he weighs 175 pounds, soaking wet and wearing boots, and they're all gonna jump him at some point, and then Sting came out and saved Darby Allen's ass, which was kind of dumb because. 
four grown men ran away from two. It just didn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? So it was they bad. the unexpected. Well, whatever. It didn't really. It could have been better theater. I mean, if you're going for the full suspension of reality, uh-huh. then yeah, that's what it was. You really had to suspend your belief for reality. Uh, next segment was MJF consoles Jake Hager after his loss, um, which was touching, but it was, wasn't was needed, and I thought MJF was going to blow him, honestly. <coughs> so then there was a match between Matt Seidel against Cody Rhodes. Let me tell you about Matt Seidel real quick. Matt Seidel does DMT, weed, and mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So he's really into the he's consciousness. Yeah. yeah, he's a total, he's one of us. Like I would love to get him on the show one of these days. So he had a match with Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes had Snoop Dogg with him in his corner. And it was a really good match. Snoop Dogg off the top. It was a really good match. So you get a chance. You got to keep watching I'm gonna that. watch it, sure. Yeah, it was a really good match. You're like, I won't tell you who the outcome was. Okay. Then uh, there was Hikaru Shida uh, against Abaddon. Uh, Abaddon is a fat, lazy nothing as far as a women's wrestler is concerned. She just got a really cool-looking character. It was a really shitty match between her and Hikaru Shida. Um, I give it a total thumbs down. Uh, not just ha- just not happy with it, and I like Karshita. So, and then next thing was Ray Omega, uh, Kenny Omega against Ray Phoenix. It wow. was one of the best matches I have ever seen. Mondo, I'm just not going to tell you the outcome of it. But oh, I got to watch that for sure. Really, really, really good match. Um, what happens to John Moxley at the end? I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, but it was kind of like uncalled for. And it was not not needed, and it kind of ruined the storyline in my 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 view. Anyway, that's my AEW report. Thank you for listening to this segment, and we'll see what the interview will have up next. You ready? Welcome back to everyone to the next episode of the Two Stone Dudes Podcast. This is the co-host Ryan Castle, and on the line we got Mister Bill Hill from Smoke Out a Republican. Mister Hill, how are you today, sir? We are doing wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, we almost had a near miss here, man. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, that's what happens with stoners. That's that's just how shit works. It's okay. So, <laughs> all right, man. Um, so the first question I wanted to ask you, this, this stuff wasn't on the uh, itinerary. Um, talk to us about first two things. Number one, what Smoke Out a Republican is all about. And two, what is Smoke Out a Million all about? Those are two things I want you to tell us about right now. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. I, I love the show. What you guys are doing is great. And it's, it's really important for people to be able to, you know, share their thoughts about this stuff. And everybody comes at this from a different angle. So I'm always glad to talk about kind of where I'm coming from, where our stuff is coming from, and, uh, and, and learning about what other people are doing too. So basically what we're all about is this. Um, I used to be a Republican, and I know a bunch of people that also used to be Republicans. They're part of this too, and uh, you know it's it's important for folks who are in that headspace to take a step back and really think about the world. And cannabis makes that a lot easier. Oh yeah, for me, it was. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> big time. And for me, it happened when I was uh, considerably younger. I was about twenty years old, and you know it was just like a, a light switch flipped for me. And I don't think it would have happened otherwise. Maybe it would have, but probably not. And so what our message is all about, what Smoke Out a Republican is, and by the way, this happened earlier in our history. This happened in the 1960s. This 
happened in the 1930s a lot too with the jazz movement and stuff like that. Wow. When more and more people use cannabis, it opens their eyes. It makes them more peaceful, more empathetic, and it might not work for everybody, um, but we think it will work for a lot of people. And, and right now, if you look at what's happening right now in America, this is the time to do everything we can to try to get people to get over their hatred, get over their anger, the separations between everybody, and become more connected, more empathetic. And nothing does that better than cannabis, in, in our opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. You are spot on. So what is this Smoke Out a Million going about? So Smoke Out a Million is the campaign that we launched uh, on New Year's Day this year, and it's our goal for 2021. Uh, by the end of this year, that uh, we, not just you know the folks in Smoke Out a Republican, or we call ourselves SOAR, S-O-A-R, Smoke Out a Republican. Uh, so not just the SOAR folks, but really everybody in the cannabis community um, can come together, and once we are vaccinated, I mean, this is really important, right? We're not telling anybody to go and break quarantines or go, you know, take any risks with COVID, but once people are vaccinated, once it's safe, uh, or if you're in a pod with somebody who's a Republican, maybe it's your wife, your sister, your mom, your dad, your cousin, if you're already in their group, you know, introduce them to Canvas if they want to do it, right? If they're interested, help them out and do it together, do it in a peaceful way, and if I think if sort of our idea is if we can do that with a million Republicans this year, then we will see real changes, not in a million people, but in a lot of people, uh, maybe 10, 15, 20%, maybe more, who knows, uh, but we'll never know if we don't try so that by the end of this year, we could really start changing minds. And that in turn will change our politics. It'll change the way people treat each other. It can change certainly how many people are going to be Donald Trump supporters and all that other craziness, because I'll tell you one thing. A bunch of potheads would never have done what happened on Capitol Hill. Fuck yeah. no. It would have never been a fight. No. So that's, that's what we're all about. We're all about changing the country um, for the better, and we think cannabis has a real role to play. Outstanding. All right, so tell us more about SOARS. I'm really like, this is this is like something phenomenal to me. Like, what is the main focus? Right. And the minute you get to that point, 
think cannabis brings you there. It kind of brings you there no matter what, right? It's, it, cannabis opens your eyes. It opens your mind. It, it wakes you up. And you don't come back from that. You don't sort of backtrack. And so we think that part of the solution here is not just change laws to get cannabis legalized, although that should happen. Don't just create business opportunities, although that should happen. And, and don't just enjoy it and have fun, because that should happen too. But really in the middle of all three of those things, you know, we can sort of all soar together, right, you might say. Right, right. I like how you put that. Nice. Uh where where are we at right now? I think we were looking it up earlier to see where we are at, and it says I think th- three Republicans stand in the way of uh, of uh, what do you call it of uh, cannabis being legalized. Is that correct? Is that is that what we were looking at earlier? Yes, sir. Is that true? Level. What's that? Federal. Well, so at the end, at federal, yeah. So at the end of twenty twenty, they passed a law in the House of Representatives that basically legalized cannabis, right? More or less. I mean, it, it, it was at the federal level. The Senate didn't pass it. But the fact that it passed in the House is just revolutionary. It's oh, a yeah. huge change. It's incredible. You know, when I started smoking 25 years ago, uh, you know, if you, if you got caught with a dime bag of, of crappy swag weed, you'd go to jail for 10 years, right? And that's still true right. in some places. Right, right. Um, especially in the South, frankly, in a lot of places where there's a lot of Republicans. Uh, but then again, in 2020, on election day, you had half a dozen states, a lot of which were very conservative, pass laws. The, you know, the voters passed them that opened up either medical cannabis or, or just straight up legalization or decriminalization. And these are in red, red states, right? In places with, frankly, a lot of the, the dipshits on Capitol Hill probably drove in to Washington from these same states that just legalized. So you've got an incredibly powerful opportunity here uh, to make more change like we saw in the House of Representatives, but with you know now Democrats controlling everything, it ain't going to be easy, but if we can keep the group of cannabis enthusiasts expanding, especially among Republicans, it's going to get easier. Nice, yeah. nice. So there's a bunch of questions that I, that I just looked at now that I don't have to ask you anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm going to dive into um, our little favorite portion of it, which is current events and politics and conspiracy theories and shit like that. So we're just going to dive right into it, okay? Um, do you believe in or subscribe to conspiracy theories? Well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, part of part of what we we have a worldview, right? I have a worldview, kind of a, a, an approach to how the world works, and it, it comes from cannabis. These are insights, and I'm not the only one here. They come to you when you smoke a lot of cannabis. You kind of set your mind free, right? Right. And I went through a conspiracy theory phase. I definitely did, especially when I first started smoking, because part of what smoking does is it makes you question the, the world. It makes you go like, wait a minute, is the usual story about mom and apple pie and everything? Is that really what's going on? You're like, well, no. But then you're in a real sensitive place. And I think a lot of the, again, these Capitol Hill shitheads, they, they're in this place too. You're smart enough to know that the usual bullshit story is not true. That's good. You're asking questions, that's good. But it's not the Jews, and it's not the Freemasons, and it's not the aliens, and it's not the whatever it is. That's not who's trying to change the, you know, control the world. I think there is a conspiracy. I think it's, but I think it's very simple. I think it's very obvious all around us. I think that there's a conspiracy of the rich that sounds about right. Everything yep. else follows from that. Well, you know, I think 
my opinion of that is after working in the business world as long as I have, is it definitely is a business plan. I think it's not, I don't even think it's a conspiracy. I think it's a business plan. We have the money, we're going to keep it, and we're going to make more. Bingo. Yeah, sounds about right. right. Yeah. It's no. really not even needed. I mean, no. every, every part of mainstream culture exactly right. teaches us that wealth is awesome and it's great to be rich. It's, you know, the American dream, right, is get rich. And, right. uh, you know, our politics is controlled by the rich and everybody, we worship the Kardashians or whatever other rich nonsense. But, you know, another part of our philosophy, and this is where we get a little radical, but I think it's true, is that money is imaginary. When you get high enough, you look yeah. at a dollar and you're like, it's just a piece of green paper, that's right. right? Right. And that's true. That's true. So it's crazy that some people, you know, Jeff Bezos or whatever, get to control all this stuff when what they're doing is is based on just something we just all agreed. Yeah, that, that piece of paper means that you get to control this company and buy a, you know, a Rolls Royce. It's crazy because what's real is people. You know, it's just the same way we were saying on a post today or yesterday on our on our on our Twitter handle as Smoke Out of Repub One um, and our website SmokeOutOfRepublican.com. There's only one group. There's not Americans in other countries or black and white and rich and poor and you know Christian and Jew and Muslim. There's one group. It's called everybody, and that's it. Everybody's a person, and cannabis helped me see that. And once you see that, that. Yeah, we're all different in lots of ways, but none of those differences matter compared to how we're all the same, which is that we're all humans, no matter who we are. Once you see that, you can't be a Republican anymore. You can't pursue well. <laughs> you know, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. yeah, because then that, that whole greed thing drifts away, that whole fear of loss thing drifts away, and you're like, yes. it's all good. Oh boy! Right. Like, that's that one hell of an answer. That's like the best. That's the best answer I've ever it's had to that question. Yeah. Thank you so much. Excellent. All right, man. Who do you think? Who do you think killed Kennedy? I don't know, man. I, I hope that someday we'll find out more. Um, I do believe that all the <coughs> secrets are kept from the public, you know, by governments all over the world. It's illegal for us to know a lot of things. You know, if you found out a secret about whatever is classified now or about Kennedy, you should go to jail just for knowing it. And some things that's okay. Like we should not all know the nuclear launch codes or we should not all know whatever, right? Right. Um, that's why they fear. Just that you know, there's, right, there's, well, they took him away from Trump, but there's legitimately crazy people. But something like who killed Kennedy, I personally believe, I don't know, I believe that he was shot by Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, who got Oswald to shoot him? Why did Jack Ruby assassinate Oswald? I got no idea. And there you go. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if somebody was like, yeah, it was the mafia because they were pissed at Kennedy. For but I, I, I don't know. Who do you guys think did it? I get, I get, a, we get a lot of different answers. So it's hard to like nail down any one. I got the most recent that it was Joe DiMaggio used the mob <laughs> to put a hit on him because, Monroe, because, Marilyn Monroe, because of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. <laughs> Another one said that if it was DiMaggio, he would have gotten taken out by a baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No shit. So somebody said that it was a that it was an accident from one of the Secret Service members, hmm. and they needed a story to cover up the incompetence. So uh, interesting. Yeah, right. No shit. 
All right, man. So here's a couple of, of subjects we definitely want your thoughts on. Uh, let's talk about COVID-19, man. What are your thoughts on COVID-19? Yeah. My thoughts on it? Yes, sir. Um, I think it's real. I think it's deadly. I think it's tragic. Um, everyone should wear a mask. Everyone should do social distancing and washing their hands. I like washing my hands before, whether I'm just, you know, coming home from being at, you know, at work or whether I'm washing, uh, you know, I just roll up some weed and I want to wash some sticky shit off my fingers. Either way, um, and I, I, you know, I think that the people, you know, all, again, Capitol Hill this week, all these people aren't wearing masks and they're saying it's a hoax or they're saying vaccines have microchips in them. Like, again, <laughs> I've been through a conspiracy theory phase. I think it's easier to believe that it's fake or it's a microchip or, you know, it's whatever. It's easier to believe that than to confront the really sort of terrible reality, which is that that thing that movies have been predicting and books have been about, one of these doomsday scenarios, it's actually really happening for real. And I'll be honest with you, to go back to Canvas for a second, like, Canvas can sort of send you off into a la-la land, right, a fantasy world where you can kind of imagine whatever, which is awesome, right? It's like mm-hmm. it reignites your imagination. A lot of movies but are right it can also make it easier to just kind of deal with reality. Like, I'll smoke, I did it this week, I'll smoke and then I'll read the news and I'll go, okay, look, I've been kind of freaked out all week about what's happening, whether it's with Trump or, or COVID, but I can kind of calm down and just look at it seriously, all right, like, this is real, I'm real, it's really happening, I gotta treat it like it's real. So that's how I come at it. I think that's um, denial. Denial is a big mother. Denial's a motherfucker when it came to this, when it came to COVID nineteen. Um, I went through it. I went through. I'm not gonna lie. I went through a total phase of denial at first because it was so hard for me to accept reality for what it was. Plus, at the time when it first came out, I was not in the right mental health. I can say so. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. Hey. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Tell, tell me about your thoughts on Black Lives Matter. I think they're right on. Um, I mean, all life matters, okay? There should be no violence because, again, there's only one group of human beings, and it's called human beings, and we're all a part of it. Um, I think that, you know, for hundreds of years, I mean, I, to me, the basic argument of Black Lives Matter is just straight up correct. There have, for hundreds of years, been just horrendous violence and genocide and enslavement and, and murder and exploitation yes. perpetrated on people from Africa, but people from everywhere. Basically, anywhere that European conquerors went, whether it was Southeast Asia, Australia, Africa, South America, they just took over, and everybody who tried to stop them, they just killed them, pretty much. I mean, you look at, so I'm from Texas originally, and we have these Spanish missions down in Texas. Actually, the Alamo is a Spanish mission. And the missions, their, their mission was to convert Native people to Catholicism. Yeah. And if they didn't agree, they killed them, right? Wow. Um, so, yeah. right. And so there's Black Lives Matter. You could also say Native American Lives Matter. You could also say Indigenous or Aboriginal Lives Matter. And I don't think that, you know, again, I'm not a black person, so I'm not going to speak for black people, but speaking is just like a person. The anger is understandable. The historical point that underlies it is correct. Now, should people be like looting and smashing stuff? No, nobody should do that. 
Um, don't break other people's shit. You don't want to break yours. But in a way, black people and again other oppressed people too all over the world, their shit's been getting broken for centuries. So you kind of have to understand why people are so upset. My hope is that once we get through this phase of it, that the white supremacists and the institutionalized racism, which I think is absolutely real, that, it, that we work it out, that we end it. It needs to end. I'm, I still retain personally a lot of the racism that was trained into me as a Republican. So I totally understand the kind of evil that black people and the Black Lives Matter movement is facing. I get it because that evil is inside me. And I think it's in, if not all white people, frankly, there are a lot of white people. Very many. And again, cannabis, cannabis can help you kind of look inside yourself and say, oh shit, like there is something wrong here. There's something about myself that I need to change. And for a lot of people, that's impossible to ever do. And cannabis, to me anyway, I kind of stumbled backwards into it. You know, I was like a young guy hating black people, frankly. And uh, cannabis, I, you, you smoke a lot, you're sort of looking around the room going, wait a minute. Is racism bad? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you change. And it's a struggle, but the door opens thanks to cannabis. Right, right. <coughs> okay. Nice. Okay. Um, talking about President Trump's, uh, his, his fucking, his whole term. <laughs> I think it's the worst four years since the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> But he's definitely the worst president America's ever had. And I think right right now is every day that we're going through this week, ever since the Capitol Hill invasion, whatever that was three days ago, every day, including right now, this is January 8th, right? 2021. Today is the most dangerous day in American history. And before this, yesterday was the most dangerous day in American history. And I'm worried that tomorrow will also be the most dangerous day in American history because he's still the president. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, as long as he has the ability to make command decisions about the United States of America or other countries, we are in more danger than we have been at any point, maybe since the Cuban Missile Crisis when you know we might have all been vaporized. Wow. Um, so I think it's, it's incredible. Now, I will say that when all my Democratic friends, because I vote Democratic even though I'm to the left of anarchists personally, but I vote with the Democrats. Right on. Uh, on. When he was running against Hillary Clinton and everybody was saying, oh, he can't beat Hillary Clinton. Nobody will ever like Donald Trump. From day one, I said, absolutely. I don't think he should win. He's disgusting. But he can because he is a lot of things. What he is at bottom is a consummate manipulator. You could also say a salesman. Yeah. Genius at it. Yeah. You know, and it's a disgusting kind of genius. A genius of evil, and I wouldn't be surprised if you talk about a conspiracy. I wouldn't be surprised to find out if he actually is the Antichrist. Maybe not, but if there is an Antichrist and he's around, I would put Donald Trump at the top of the list for who that guy would be. Um, and I really am looking forward to him not being in the Oval Office anymore. Yeah, he's, nice. he's more like the Beast. Yeah, 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 he's like the Beast. He's like the Beast from a Kevin Smith movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, man. The shit monster, yeah. There you go, the shit demon. Yeah, prove my golf game. Oh god. 
But the All best right. part is Alanis Morissette is God. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to me about the... Uh, <clears throat> Talking about the George, the George Floyd, the George Floyd murder. George Soros? No, the George. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we only wish. Uh, <coughs> the George, the George Floyd murder. about Joe Biden winning the election. Bullshit, but it's the world we live in. And if Trump had won the level 
level of nightmarishness that we would be in now and would be in for the foreseeable future is hard to imagine. I think when Biden won, a lot of liberals, <coughs> progressives, and, and socialists and beyond, you know, lefter and lefter people, heaved a sigh of relief because he's not Trump. And we're sort of forced to say, like, look, Joe Biden, is he the best on all the policies? Is he the youngest? No. Is he the most dynamic? No. But son of a bitch is a good guy. He's not lying about what he wants to do. He can get stuff done. And I think he's going to be a good president. He's certainly surrounding himself with good people. Now, is he going to do everything right? No. no. Is he going to, like any president would, maintain U.S. military, uh, you know, huge spending and is he gonna do a bunch of shit i mean there was a bunch of shit obama did that, that i think yeah. you know people who are more on the pacifist side or the socialist side would not agree with but that's okay we can have those disagreements we should have those disagreements that's part of democracy which i think is the only good form of government is everybody working together to figure it out okay but but any Biden administration is going to be better than what Trump would have been. Absolutely. And the fact that a Biden, yeah, a Biden administration and a Democrat House and a Democratic Senate, the odds of legalizing cannabis or at least decriminalizing it are 10 billion times better than any any Trump administration ever would have been. So fucking A, Joe Biden all the way. When Fuck, it comes I, to cannabis I haven't even thought about that. No shit. Wow. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Um... What do you think is next for the country? What do I think is best for the country? What's next for the country? What's next for the country? I think 2021 is going to be a hard-ass year. Um, there's going to be a lot of angry people that will believe to the end of December 31st of this year that Joe Biden stole the election. And so as we are able to get around each other physically again, as the vaccine, God willing, vaccines, because there's a lot of different ones, as they roll out, as people take them, as hopefully we kick COVID's ass globally, because it is a global thing, people are going to start going out in public again, they're going to be around each other again. Now that's good and it's bad. It's good because, you know, we're going to be able to touch each other. You know, people haven't been able to hug and shit, or high five, or fuck, I mean, anything, right? It's been bad. But, so that's going to get fixed. But I think people could also end up fighting. You know, the, when, when you don't have to wear a mask and stay socially distant, you can also punch somebody in the face if you get in an argument with them about politics. It's going to be a real sensitive time. And that, frankly, that's one of the reasons we launched the Smoke Out a Million Challenge this year, or campaign, I should say, this year, is that when we can get back together, when we can smoke together again instead of over Zoom, which is cool. I like smoking over, you know, I like a little virtual sesh. But when we can get together again... <laughs> That's when we can we can pass the blunt or the pipe or the whatever around the circle and say, hey man, or hey, you know, hey woman, try this, just check it out. Like maybe you like it. That's where for thousands of years, people, you know, kind of passing the peace pipe, right? I mean, to me that's what cannabis is. It really is a real peace pipe. This is the year where, you know, with cannabis, we can draw we can make reconnections and we can open people's eyes. And I really do think it's a really important way for us to break down a lot of this hatred and anger because we have to do everything we can. It's like FDR, President Roosevelt said, above all, try something. And he tried a lot of shit that didn't work. We're doing this campaign. We're doing the Smoke Out a Republican campaign, the Smoke Out a Million campaign. They 
Nice. I'll say about this whole situation. We're all excited about it. Um, this is my favorite part of the podcast, and we're going to end it here. Um, tell me about your happiest memory. My happiness? Yep. Oh, man. My happiness comes from a lot of places. I mean, family, uh, tacos. I'm a huge taco fan. If you, if you go to Smoke Out of Repub 1 on Twitter... Uh, and read my Twitter stuff or read my blog at smokeoutarepublican.com. There's a lot of stuff in there about tacos. Uh, I like music. I like movies. I really like reading. I think everybody should read their asses off all the time because there's just a universe of knowledge in books. Uh, it sounds lame or whatever, but there's, it's a universe. It's like countless universes. If, if, you, if you're somebody who likes to you know, expand your mind in any way, grab a book. But, but one of the reasons I've... I've stuck with cannabis for a long time. I think people that stick with it for a long time do it for this reason. It kind of takes you a world uh, or a different way of seeing the world. that's more peaceful, more joyful, more insightful. Um, and it can make kind of a lot of experiences in life better. Not everything. You know, you probably shouldn't operate heavy machinery. But <laughs> friends, music, right? Yeah, don't operate a forklift after you do blonde. I was thinking to myself, who would do that? Who would be willing to do that? Because nobody's getting up off their ass. They're not. Nobody's going to operate that forklift once they sit in the seat. So I have, I have family members who drive forklifts, and I'll tell you what: uh, the people who do that are the ones who are one day away from losing their forklift license. Oh my God! Jeez. <laughs> nice yeah, man. Nice, crazy. nice. Yeah, so that's my happiness. My happiness is thinking of new ideas, reaching new people, sharing those ideas with them, and and seeing seeing people kind of get over the things that have held them back, get over the things that have made them angry or sad or frightened or greedy or hateful, because those things seem so strong, they seem so deep and big and heavy, they weigh on us, but there's a certain moment when you're, when you're frankly really high, where you just kind of click and you go, oh shit, that stuff is light as a feather. It seemed like a mountain, but it's a molehill, and I can just kind of put it aside and look at it and go, eh, like I was saying before, oh wait, racism is, is bullshit, you know, or money is imaginary, countries don't exist. What have I been doing all this time? Fuck that. I'm going to go hang out with my friends and like listen to music and be cool. Nice. Just, to me, there's no argument against that. You can't argue that that's a bad thing. Right, right. Damn, man. You were fucking spot the fuck on. Well, guys, any questions Any questions for Bill? Nah, no questions. Mondo, any questions for Bill? Not really. I want to I thank you for being on, Bill. I really appreciate your perspective. Yeah, dude, definitely. This is a thank fucking... You. This is an awesome interview. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to end it here. Hold on to the line so I can say a proper goodbye to you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this. Seg- thank you for listening to this segment of Two Stone Dudes Podcast. This is uh, Bill Hill from uh, – <laughs> I'm so high right now. I'm sorry. This is this is Bill Hill from Smoke Out a Republican, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. We'll see you soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next segment of the Two Stone Dudes Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Castle, and I'm sitting here with Joe. Joe, what's your last name? Joe. And uh, have you come up with a work name yet? Yeah. What is it? Uh, Bryce Setter. Bryce Setter? Setter. I like I it. I like the plan. I like it. Yeah, I like so it. Nice. I'm the emperor. Oh, shit. Look at this motherfucker coming off hot already. 
Wow. All right, what made you want to become a worker? Well, I've just been watching since I was like nine years old. My dream to main event wrestling, you know, the whole nine yards. Want to get it, get it all done, you know. Okay. All right. Win the WWE title, dream, you know, doing all that stuff. Nice. Man, I love that. That's awesome. Who uh, was your favorite worker? Uh, AJ Styles. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll give you a heads up. That's going to change over time. <laughs> yeah. It may. AJ Styles is a pretty good worker, yeah. so he's one of my favorites. So, yeah. It may change over time. You never yeah. know. Um, check out uh, Steven Regal and Chris Benoit. Oh, yeah. Watch that match. Yeah. Great match. Yeah. I always recommend that. Um, what, what, what got you into training? Like, how did you find out about it? How did you come about being here? So one of the dudes here, um, legend, been in the business for 30 years, Navajo warrior. So yeah, his daughter, Stevie, I used to uh, dance with her because I took dance for like eight years. So I used to dance with her. And one day she comes in with a WWE 2K jacket. I'm like, where'd you get that? I play these games all the time. She was like, oh yeah, my dad works for like the video game the company and he wrestles and does this and that. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's awesome. So nice. she started taking me to his shows, got to meet him, got to meet a bunch of the wrestlers you know and then Navajo Warrior he recommended me to AWF and that was like a year or two ago so I was like I'm gonna finish high school wait till I'm 18 do all that so yeah um, fresh out of high school um, just nice. turned 18 a few months ago yeah wow. started this like four months ago yeah dude yeah I've been yeah. working at all the shows since they got me doing something filming all that stuff so yeah paid my dues <laughs> dude just gain some weight. That's all I say. Yeah. Just gain some weight. That's all I gotta do. Bulky season right now. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. All right, that's it, man. You're gonna be fine, dude. You got a fucking awesome personality, and that's all you really need. Thank you. All right, so that. fucking keep it going. I will. Um, I'll let you get back to training. Thank you so much yeah, for giving me your time. I really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Thank you, again, Joe. Have a good day, man. Take you care. Too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the next segment of the Two Stone Dudes podcast. This is when we usually talk about our guest, and we got Rob talking about. What he thought about um, Mr. Bill Hill. Oh, 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 yes. I, I would gladly express myself. At this time, I want to explain to everyone that Bill was right. We all must just sit down, smoke a joint, and realize I used to be racist, but now I'm not. Pass it on, brother, but wear a mask, but pass on the joint. I'm surprised you didn't say the N-word. Uh... You know, back in my time when no one's around, I did say nigger, but now I would not say nigger no more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a changed man, yes. You're my butter peak and reeking, you know I that? I no longer, longer. If I get hit, if someone cuts me on a roll as a black guy, I'm like, damn it, nigger. That'll never happen again. From now on, you're like, damn it, guy. Oh, so you're going to drop the M word now? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? No, um, he's right though. He makes perfect sense. Yeah. Now, for I would have to say a a mixed fellow as myself, it kind of was a like a, yeah he was promoting something, but yes he probably because he he speaks yeah. Yeah. very intelligent. He speaks his mind and and actually catch every word he's saying. Yes. And I I don't know I, I would actually just can't I should have asked him has he written a book. Oh yeah, shit. We got to ask him about plugging himself but too, man. He is, well, he he said he said smokeoutrepublican.com. Okay, we can go check so out. We can go check that out. Somebody, yeah, I, I left yeah. my. But yeah, um, 
it made sense and I enjoyed I enjoyed him on the show. One percent. All right. You know. I felt that was probably one of the best podcasts we've ever done. So I have to, I don't know. It's I, If this doesn't get a lot of listens, it, it'll be shameful. But it should because I know he'll promote it and he'll promote it on his website and people will see it and people will start listening. And people should. This is this is one of the best podcasts we ever done. And that man and his cause definitely need some recognition. With, with all the craziness that's going on, yeah, sit back, toke up. I'm like, just just look around. Look what's going down. Shit. What's Shit going on? That's what's what he was saying. On? Yeah. That's Have that's a martini and, and a Dorito. Fuck it. Just look like like do we do we really need to do this? Huh. You know, it was it was very refreshing because it took me back to like 1968. Okay. When I was 14. Okay. Well, 15. And I started to get it. I started to get it. Now. He, he, I, at that time, I was at about 18, I was like where he is now. Okay. Because you just see everybody is all the same. There, there's only one race, the human race, right? You know, and the, and the <laughs> it's just, it's just like, we're all connected. Why should we get pissed at each other and be violent and cause problems? And then I had the same self-reflections that he had about shit. I'm a fucking racist, man. I was just reflecting on my podcast today about when I was a kid, how I had this notebook. I was like nine or 10 years old. And all I did was draw Nazi memorabilia in it. Oh and my big God. swastikas. In it. Oh yes. Really? And one of my teachers who was an old Southern Baptist, you know, Christian who today she would be like almost liberal, right? Right. She goes, and she wasn't a communist and she wasn't a fascist. She was anti-fascist and anti-communist. Right. And she said, are you a follower of Adolf Hitler? Oh, and she, I mean, she, you know, and I, she, but I didn't know about the Holocaust. I didn't know about all the stuff that the Nazis did. Right. So that turned me on. Well, you really didn't know, so it doesn't really That turned me on. No, I mean, you know, I woke up one day and I said, fuck, you're a fucking racist motherfucker. And you're 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 a fucking misogynist and all this shit. And I stopped doing it. But there's still those little thoughts that come up in your head. Once in a while, I make a faux pas, right? Mm -hmm. I say the wrong thing, <clears throat> wanting to say the right thing. And... <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, or very rarely, but I'm like, you son of a bitch. You still got some of that shit in Well, you. you're human. It happens. Well, I come from, my grandfather's family was slavers, man. That's really? They were. They they had a slave plantation in Jefferson Parish, Louisiana. Holy shit. And they made themselves very wealthy. Really? Yes. Damn, I'm going to have to make this like the clan podcast. <laughs> Jesus, I got you dropping M-bombs. Oh, well, you can. And I got Mondo with a plantation for his family. And then Great. My, my dad was a I New Deal. My Native, my Native American brothers were chopping heads. So. My dad was a New Deal Democrat. <laughs> he was a huge Franklin Delano Roosevelt supporter in the day. <laughs> when uh -huh. Roosevelt became president, he was 33 years old. So, so when, when I ordered Kentucky Fried Chicken, it's kind of like, like when your cousins. Uh, <laughs> no. Is that when your cousin's on the box? We only have the Arizona draw. That's the only draw that we have. Oh. Because we've been here since 1885. 
Okay. So I'm sitting here looking at this bag of shrooms right now. Oh yes, shrooms. Yeah, Mondo hooked yeah. me up with some shrooms. So. Oh yeah. The doom of shrooms. No. Yeah. So, so is that more than I got last time? Quite a bit. Okay. So is this going to be enough since I have such a high tolerance? Well, I tell you what. Do this. Eat about half of them. Okay. And wait about an hour. Okay. And see how you feel. Okay. And if you feel like you need more, eat more. Why well, throw up? I didn't. Okay. I never. Right. Had. No, no. You know, right. you shouldn't cool. actually answer any of those questions. You just like you should just see. That's no, see. no, 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 no. You don't want to do that. You want to cause paranoia, paranoia what? in somebody. I, the yeah. only thing I can tell you about ah, shrooms, I've been no. around a lot of people a lot of times on mushrooms. Right. I've never seen anybody throw up. Okay. Is, is, is this going to make me like whereas peyote? People? Whereas peyote? Everyone throws up. Everyone throws up peyote? Yeah, okay. Pretty much. All right. Well, we filled up time for this segment. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in to this broadcast. Yeah. I just said broadcast. This podcast. We high. appreciate it. I am high. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. And we will see you uh, later on this week. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>